Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Ask Nurse Alice, the show where we talk about all things health, wellness, love, and lifestyle, and I give you all the tea and with no copay. And so you don't miss your next cup of tea and you don't have to pay a copay, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, uh, Ask Nurse Alice, the podcast show on your favorite podcast platform. And as well, you can watch the video of the show on youtube.com forward slash Ask Nurse Alice. And while you're there, like, subscribe, share uh, a couple things because there's tons of great health and wellness and engaging and fun stuff to watch. So um, you don't want to keep that all to yourself. Share with your buddies, your friends, and those that you love. Um, and speaking of those that we love, recently, guys, um, gonna get a little tough to talk about but you know we there was the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman um, someone we all adored admired for his talent his philanthropy um, we've seen him on the big screen and although we may not have personally known him we feel like we know him um, because we welcomed in to our homes um, through watching him on screen as he was James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, uh, King T'Challa, brought us Black Panther, and he literally was our black superhero um, taken way too soon um, from something that uh, with early detection, screening, and intervention and those things hopefully can be preventative, um, and that's colon cancer. So. Um, it's a somber moment to have to talk about these things, but we really want to honor uh, Chadwick Boseman and empower ourselves to learn more so we can do more to protect our health and wellness, to prevent any uh, unnecessary or decrease the loss of our future black kings and queens. So to join me in this conversation, I, you know I had to come get the experts, guys. I mean, I'm Nurse Alice. I can talk a lot about health and wellness stuff, but listen here. I had to go and get the top experts here in, in our nation. So uh, Dr. Lynn O'Connor, uh, world-renowned colorectal surgery specialist. Um, she is the chief of staff at two hospitals, at Mercy Medical Center, as well as St. Joseph Hospital, um, both of those in New York. She has two offices as well. Um, she is very accomplished. Um, her mission is to provide her patients, especially black women, with the foremost treatment technology and information related to preventative public health issues and colon and rectal health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lynn O'Connor. Hi, Dr. Lynn, how are you? How are you? Thank good, you. Good. I'm so glad that you could join us because um, for one, um, I love the black girl magic. I just have to say it. I'm just go ahead and say it. Listen um educated beautiful in a position where she is truly the authority and expert figure on something that's very important and significantly impacts um 
you know, people, especially our community. So she's really going to drop some knowledge and some gems and talk to us in a way that we need to be talked to. So it's not always about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Um, and um, for, you know, you, you are the expert in this. And it's not always easy to talk about our colon and rectal health because those are things that was just kind of taboo. You don't talk about them, you know, just... You know, it's always kind of the exit only. Don't talk about it. This is kind of tabooish, if you will, yeah. because um, for a variety of reasons, uh, some people aren't able to go to, you know, to their doctor or have access to health care or they don't have quality health care or they're underinsured. So let alone be seen for a regular health, let, listen to my heart and lungs type of thing. Getting to a specialist like yourself is not always an easy task. So um, I, we welcome, welcome, welcome all of the knowledge and expertise, you guys. Uh, you guys, like I said, no copay, because listen, um, <laughs> this is, she's a specialist, so, uh, and she's a chief, listen. Um, but uh, Dr. Lynn, if you could just uh, share with us, because um, some people, they, they've heard the term uh, colon cancer, it's short for colorectal cancer. Can you just kind of give us a, a basic definition of what that really is and what that entails? Yeah, well, you know, there's colorectal cancer actually embodies the colon and the rectum. So, you know, part of the large intestine is the colon, the rectum, and the, and the anus is the end part. So we use colorectal cancer to, to mostly um, refer to colon cancer, but it does include rectal cancer as well. It's just the lower part of the colon. So when you're thinking about, you know, for lack of a better term, colon cancer, colorectal cancer, that's the third most common um, cancer diagnosed in the United States of America. And it's the second most common cause of cancer death. Mm. So when you're breaking that down, it, it colon cancer, colorectal cancer, it's pretty much, you know, used interchangeably. So Dr. Lynn, I mean, we hear, we don't hear as much about colon cancer. We're hearing about it now because of Chadwick Boseman. It, um, and by the way, guys, so he was diagnosed in 2016 with stage three cancer, um, didn't talk about it to the with the general public, um, but still during that time when he was filming many of these movies that we know and adore him in, he was getting surgeries, he was getting treatments, uh, while all the while you know keeping his personal information personal. But so we're we're talking about it now because he died at what well, is an early age, forty three. But we hear so much about breast cancer, lung cancer. How come we don't hear as much about colon cancer if it's the third? Uh, most common cancer? Well, like you said, it's really kind of taboo. And for the most part, colon cancer used to be, well, it, it, it's mostly a disease of the older folks. So, mm -hmm. you know, 68 to 72 years of age is the average age where a patient is going to be diagnosed with colon cancer. But the issue is that we're, get, we're seeing more and more younger patients now. So it's an anomaly. It's odd to see somebody 43 years of age die of colon cancer. But the problem is since 1994, we've seen a 51% increase in the cases of young onset colorectal cancer. And we're talking about people 50 years of age or, or younger. What? So that is what's really driving this. It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's something that you don't expect. So since you don't expect and it's going in the wrong direction, it's drawing a lot of attention. So, so we've had colon cancer on the radar, but now colon cancer is, is, is occurring more frequently um, and increasing in the younger folks. 
Do we know why that's happening? I mean, does it have something to do with our diet, our lifestyle? Is it something that's in our milk? I mean, like what, because you know, they say they always put antibiotics in these cows and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, what what um, do you and your expert opinion and your colleagues believe is causing this shift for this to have an earlier onset? Well, if you think about it, we're in a much more sedentary lifestyle. I mean, you can sit in your couch and grab Uber Eats if you want. We are not exercising. The American Heart Association recommends at least 30 minutes of exercise five days a week of just moderate intensity, which is getting up and walking around. Um, we're not exercising. We have a, a sedentary lifestyle and, and our diet, not a, not a lot of fruit, not a lot of vegetables. And we're in an obesity epidemic. We are larger now than we have ever been before, and we continue to, to, to get larger. We're in the supersize me, you know. Oh, yes. Value meal, supersize. Big gulf, big fries, supersize me. So we're, we're just eating, and it's a lot easier. We're not active. So I think a lot of those things, our lifestyle plays a role in that. And, and that I personally believe, you know, our foods are not, are, are genetically uh, modified. We have a lot of antibiotics. Things are, are, are have to go from further away. So, you know, you're not supposed to have grapes in the middle of the winter, you know. Your, your fruit should be your seasonal fruits, and, and we're not doing that. And the other, other problem is really access to care, mm. the disparities in health care and access to care. So, and that's, that's something that affects African-American um, group a little bit more so than everyone else. And when you talk about young people, you also have to talk about African-American people at the same time frame because they're presenting with more advanced stages, less mortality, uh, you know, our mortality is less, and our survival is less. I mean, our mortality is higher and our survival is less. So it's, it's drawing attention, rightly so. And I think Chadwick Boseman's death has really highlighted this. So, I mean, gosh, you, did, you named so many reasons that make sense as to why we're seeing this earlier on. So, um, but let me talk about, so like screening. So screening is supposed to occur before you have any symptoms. So yeah. when, uh, I know we you mentioned that, um, Colorectal cancer is usually, uh, has historically been something more for those who are older, but we're seeing a young, a shift, right? They're getting younger and younger. So at what age um, should someone be going to get their initial uh, colorectal cancer screening? So let me just clarify, it is still a disease of the older folks. Okay. But we, and and that's primarily the people who have colorectal cancer but we are seeing it in younger and younger patients, and that's the alarm. And as a result of seeing it in younger and younger patients, the American Cancer Society has decided to decrease the age at which screening should occur. So normally it was supposed to be 50 years of age. It's decreased now to 45 years of age for the average risk patient to start screening. Okay. And when you're talking about average risk, you're talking about somebody who does not have a family history of colon cancer, right. who doesn't have a family history of colon polyps or personal history. Uh, you're talking about someone who doesn't have the inflammatory bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, or, or, or genetic predisposition. So that's average risk. Okay. Anyone who may have those other issues or signs and symptoms would likely need to be screened sooner. Okay, so there you go. So if you do have those risk factors, then you need to have a conversation with your physician about possibly being screened earlier. Uh, and this yeah. is, when we talk about screening, usually this is done before you have any symptoms. Now, um, the second question where I want to go with, and it's a little, it's a two-parter, um, what are those symptoms 
And if I'm going to see my provider after I've already had symptoms, that's no longer screening, right? I'm actually being, that's symptomatic care. Is that, is that correct? Well, the, the, that, that is correct to a, to a point. Okay. The, um, the, the whole premise behind screening is you want to get this before it becomes a cancer. Yeah. So that's why they lowered the screening age to try to get more patients to, 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 to um, have their diagnosis before it's become advanced or before you have a polyp, which you can remove before it becomes a cancer. Okay. So that's the whole issue with, with the screening. But if you do have some symptoms, and those symptoms could be um, bleeding, rectal bleeding, blood withdrawal movements, change in bowel habits, um, weight loss, um, loss of appetite. Those are some of the things that uh, are, are symptomatic and they're concerning, but they may not necessarily be due to colon cancer. Okay. So if you are having those, they are signs, and then that means you should go get checked. But just because you have that doesn't necessarily mean you're advanced and doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have a colon cancer. But it is a key, and it's a sign for you to get checked especially the thing that's important is to know your normal. Mm -hmm. If you move your mouth every three days, that's you. And if it starts going every five days, every six days, that's not normal. So guys, you know, take a look at your stool. I know, I know that just sounds, oh, nurse asked, why did you say that? No, you need to. I, I understand they're like, oh, that's exit only. That's gross. I just need my t- toilet tissue, baby wipe, and flush it goes. But you need to know, what does it look like? Is it shaped like a pencil? Does it float? Does it sink? Is, what color is it? Is there a particular odor to it? And now, I'm not saying you have to showcase this to the world. That's not what I'm saying. And you don't have to tell anybody when you're doing it. But you should know, like Dr. Lynn was saying, knowing what your normal is, your pattern, the color consistency. And a lot of what we eat influences our stool. Absolutely. Right? Because you mentioned that um, looking for blood in our stool or rectal bleeding, but there's some foods that, so you got to, bottom line is you're going to have to talk to your doctor anyways, because you might eat something that changes the color of your stool, but at least you went to your doctor and, you know, had a conversation so you could identify, is this something that I just ate that just did something funny to my stool? Or is this something that I need to be more concerned about? Absolutely, because you can have, you can, you know, sometimes people eat beef and, you know, it may take a day or two for it to work its way through the system. And then you look down there and you see all this red and you're like, oh my God, what's going, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Or certain medications can change the color of your stool. It can change And if you need like iron. If you're mm-hmm. iron, iron can make it look more black and mm-hmm. darker. So just knowing you're normal. And if there is a change, it's something that you speak about with your doctor. Okay. And it's something that if it continues, that's where you really should get screened. So you are aware of what's different. You're aware of what's changed. And then you can catch it before it, is, it becomes advanced or a problem. Right. And I know we talked about um, being a supersized nation and everything supersized from the super gulp to your fries to everything else. Um, and one of the symptoms of this was uh, weight loss, but more specifically unexplained weight loss, because we, you know, everybody like, Ooh, yes, hunty, I lost an extra five pounds and you know, that's good. But when you start to, and Dr. Ling, jump in, please start to lose weight. It's unexplained. It begins to become excessive. You've lost, had changes in your appetite and belly aches and stuff. That is a sign that there's something else going on. Because I think, um, not that we knew exactly what, uh, Chadwick Boseman was experiencing, but there were a couple photos 
that he po- a video that he posted on his social media where he was a lot thinner. His face looked a little sunk in. And people were like, oh, my gosh, is he on drugs? And then some people were like, no, he's preparing for a role. And so, I mean, obviously we didn't know, but um, you, we saw that he was a lot thinner than what he normally was and, you know, compared to King T'Challa. Yeah, well, you know, that unexplained weight loss is one of the signs and symptoms. But, you know, the other thing is that since he had advanced disease and he presented with advanced disease, then he was treated with chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And some of the side effects of chemotherapy are it decreases your appetite. Sometimes patients have a lot of diarrhea. Things run through. They have a change in their, their taste. They have a metallic taste. So they're not really hungry. They don't want to eat. Food doesn't um, taste the same, feel the same. Uh, sometimes really cold foods can, can hurt the mouth. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why people tend to lose weight during that time frame as well. Not only are they battling a cancer, but they've got chemotherapy in their body and they're trying to, 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 to fight. So it's important if you are at that stage to make sure that you have as much proper nutrition as you can take in or protein. And you can use boost and sure shakes. You really want to give your body the tools it needs to, to fight this. Okay. Now, before we get into treatment options and things like that, I want to ask about screening because, you know, there's this, this C world, this, colonoscopy, which people, you know, we, we, a lot of people, actually a lot of people know about colonoscopies and what the first thing they say is like, Ooh, no, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to put that tube up there like that. And they're fearful of it. So for one, if you can explain how, how helpful a colonoscopy is, because it can do, you know, go in there and look and do treatment and take things out, but I'll let you explain that. But then if I am really, really shying away from a colonoscopy, there are some other options of how I can screen myself during, uh, during this time until I get a colonoscopy, right? Can you walk us through what those different tests are? There are, definitely, there are many options. The most important thing is to find a screening modality that works. The most effective yes. screening modality is the one that you do. There you go. So that's mm. the most important thing. Um, colonoscopies are the one modality that is both diagnostic and therapeutic. Diagnostic meaning that if you see the polyp, you can diagnose it's one, and therapeutic meaning you can remove it right then and there, thus presenting, preventing the polyp from growing and turning into a cancer. There you go. Okay. If patients don't want to do that, there are other tests that are out there. There's Cologuard, where you can hear it on TV called Get Go Gone, where you um, have uh, in the privacy of your own home, you put the canister into the commode, the, the toilet, you don't even have to touch it because you stool into the uh, canister, you mm-hmm. close it, and you send it off. That's, that, that's another screening modality, but you have to understand that there are false positives. Mm-hmm. And if there are false positives with that, they're going to refer you to have a colonoscopy. Got There's it. also fecal occult blood testing, where you would take a piece of your stool, a uh, little piece of it, put it on these cards, there are three of them, and then you send them away. Um, their doctor will give them to you, you send them into uh, the lab. Okay. The problem with fecal occult blood testing is like we just talked about. Certain foods can give you a false positive. Certain medications can give you a false positive. Mm. And if there is a false positive, you're going to have to have a colonoscopy. If you do have a polyp, certain polyps may, you know, polyps may bleed one day. They may not be bleed the next. So you're not going to get that piece of stool that actually has the blood in it to be detected. Okay. Got it. Now, but there's also something, the virtual colonoscopy. To, right? Yeah. 
virtual colonoscopies um, are, you have basically a, a CAT scan mm-hmm. and you have air that is blown into the uh, anus, just like if you would have air blown in during a colonoscopy, but it's a little bit different because you don't have the hose going through. The thing that people don't realize with a virtual colonoscopy is you still have to clean out as well. Mm-hmm. And if you have the virtual colonoscopy, sometimes there are little pieces of residual stool that's there okay. and you can't tell if it's a polyp or if it's a piece of stool. Mm-hmm. So once again, you have a false positive and that false positive would lead you to have a colonoscopy. Listen. So there are, there are screenings. Um, but like I said, the most important thing is you follow up with your doctor and you figure out which one is best for you because the best screening test is the one that's done. Right. And and just for clarity, so like some of these tests would could be done annually. You don't do a colonoscopy annually for the for screening. No. So no. it's done every ten years, is that correct? Five to ten years? Yes, every five it, it depends on what problems you find. Okay. For instance, if you have um certain uh, inflammatory bowel diseases, such as ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, and you've had it for quite some time, your screen is going to be anywhere from maybe every one to two years. If you have um, a genetic predisposition with a family history, familial adenomous polyposis, your screen is going to start very young. And you may, uh, again, go one to two years. If you've had polyps and you've had multiple polyps, then your doctor may do it every three years. I tend to do it every five years for my patients, although the guidelines say every 10. I found that 10 clinically and personally in my practice is just a little too long. I'll forget. It happened between those 10 years. So yeah. I recommend it in five. Yeah, because I would remember, I'm like, um, did I have it seven, eight years? It just seemed like so long ago. And sometimes people change providers, they move around, so you don't want to drop the ball on that. Now, um, let's say someone does the screening and then they're diagnosed with um, colon cancer. Um, how many, uh, can you tell us about the different, briefly tell us about the different stages? Cause we said Chadwick had advanced, ca- uh, stage cancer. Yeah, and- Chadwick had advanced stage. He had stage three, which means that, which means that the col the, uh, cancer had gone through the colon wall to lethal regional lymph nodes. Stage four is when the colon has gone through the col- through the walls of the colon and it's spread to, um, or other organs, such as the lungs, such mm-hmm. as the liver. Stage one is the best one where it's just confined to the wall, and that has the 95% five-year survival. And stage two is into the wall, but not through. So you want to make sure that you get it as early as possible, which is the whole benefit for screening. So there's different stages, and those different stages have different survival. And the problem mm-hmm. is young people, because they're often misdiagnosed, mm-hmm. present with advanced disease. Yes, I can imagine. And plus, for one, we're a little embarrassed to come and talk to our stool because we feel talk to our physician about our stool because we're we're thinking like, oh my gosh, it's not like I have heart attack, um, high blood pressure, diabetes. My stool is just a little, you know, a little unright right now and might be something I ate, so I'm not going to talk about it. Or I just really might be embarrassed uh, to talk about it. So you guys don't be embarrassed. I'm looking at I'm looking at our engineer in here. I'm gonna ask him. If we're gonna talk about colon screening, but it, don't be afraid to look at your stool, talk about your stool, because this is you know our health will manifest through our stools. And um, and let's exactly. Look. So Chadwick Boseman was 40. He died at 43. He was diagnosed in in 2016. So that put him at 39. Nine. 39. 39. And he was so 39. He was already stage three. 
So if we reverse engineer this, um, he was, you know, probably, well, he was probably asymptomatic for quite some time, right? With the stage one or two and then came in. So may, so what, at what age do you think the, the polyps, uh, presented themselves how long does it take for someone to get to stage three you know it's it's very difficult to say but it usually takes anywhere from five to ten years to go from normal regular tissue to a small polyp to a large polyp to a cancer so so during that time frame um you know but you will start to have some symptoms and unfortunately when those symptoms come they're more advanced so we don't really know too much about it because rightly so he was very private about his disease and he kept he, you know, he kept it very close to the vest, but we don't know if there's a family history. Right. We don't know if he was having some difficulty. Uh, we don't know if he was misdiagnosed. Um, we don't know if he had to see multiple doctors before he finally got to that, um, that diagnosis. Because when you think about it, look at him on screen. He's young, he's healthy, he's buff, he looks good. Oh, yes. That's the last thing that someone's going to think about that Chadwick Boseman at, at 36, 37, you know, has something wrong with him that way. Oh yeah, he was so one of our superheroes. Why, that's like why it's important to just be vigilant about <laughs> exactly, but it's important to be vigilant. It's important to know your body, know your normal, and know when something's wrong. Exactly, um, and you guys, uh, we know Chadwick Boseman, our you know our King T'Challa. He lo- he was fearless um, on screen. Uh, was a, a very kind soul off screen, and although hindsight is twenty twenty, you can go back and you can see videos where he actually did a lot of outreach and worked with kids, and you know went to visit people who had cancer. So, you know, it for those of you who might feel like, oh my gosh, why didn't he tell us? Well, he didn't have to, and just no. like, you know, the the only person that he really needed to talk to was his provider, his healthcare provider, because that is a very personal manner, matter. Now, I know we all shared King T'Challa, and, you know, we loved him on screen, but we also have to understand that people have the right to exercise privacy when it comes to their health care. Um, and so this should, you know, this should uh, generate some ideas or some conversations around your, you know, in your family, amongst your friends, um, because one thing, though, is certain, even though he didn't talk to the general public, it sounds like he had a support system. Um, he had, uh, uh, he did, he did share this news with, a, a, a t- with his team and with his wife at the time. And so uh, when you're going through health challenges and things like that, I know it can, be, it can probably feel very lonely. Um, but I think having a support system while you're going through this journey is going to be helpful. Is, yes. is that right, uh, Dr. Lynn? Having a support system is key because this is something that's going it, to, it, it changes your whole entire life. It changes the way that you think about mm-hmm. things. It changes, it changes everything and impacts everyone around you. So this is something where you do need that support group. And if you think about him not telling everyone else, that speaks to his character on and off screen. That speaks to who he is. That speaks to his inner strength and that speaks to his decision and his battle, mm-hmm. and, and the way he wanted to do it. And, and I think that leaves us with a legacy of an amazing actor, a phenomenal human being, and it's a wake-up call and a message to all of us yes. to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And if there's anything that Chadwick Boseman left that's phenomenal, it's that. Mm-hmm. It's helped the entire community realize and shed attention on a, a disease that's starting to attack younger people. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Dr. Lynn, this has been some wonderful information. Um, I'm sure there are people who maybe at the top of this podcast weren't as familiar with colon cancer, the signs and symptoms, the risk, the screening and the treatment, and you've been instrumental in helping to educate people and in your work, um, you know, really appreciate um, you um, working, working so hard at trying to prevent um, and treat people with these conditions. I know that that probably isn't very easy for you. I, I, I don't know. I know because, so how do you deal with it? How, how do you, uh, I mean, because you're, you're seeing probably some, some very sick patients um, conducting surgeries, seeing a lot. How do you manage your uh, health in doing all this? How do I what? How do you I'm manage sorry. your mental health and physical health during all this? You know what? It's hard. It is hard. Um, what I actually feel is when I help patients, when I operate with them, I don't go in there alone. I, I, I believe I'm doing God's work. I believe he's working through me. That gives me a lot of strength and courage to do the things that I need to do in order to try to fortify myself to be able to continue to keep up this pace and this stamina. You know, it's important that I eat right. Yes. It's important that I rest and it's important that I exercise. And that's one of the big things that I do to deal with stress and to cope with this, this issue is, is exercising. And for us during COVID-19, a lot of our coping mechanisms have been taken away. That's true. So those mechanisms of being able to get to the gym, to, to, to see our family, to see our friends, to fellowship. So it's trying to stay as connected as possible understanding my my journey praying knowing that putting god first and 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 taking care of my body is really the grace of god that allows me to do the things i need to do and we are so fortunate to have someone like yourself doing what you do we really really appreciate you and guys i want to remind you that social distancing does not mean social isolation we may not be face to face in the same room but you still stay connected reach out check on a strong friend um, you know, cause we, we, if ever there was a time, this is the time that we need to really be able to lean on each other and, um, use community to get us through this. Cause we are all in this together. Um, Dr. Leno kind of, this has been amazing. So can you tell us, uh, real quickly, tell our viewers where they can follow you, connect with you, or even consult with you if they want, you know, want your services here. Well, I'm the chief of I'm the division chief of colorectal surgery at Mercy Medical Center in Rockville, in, in Rockville, New York, and uh, Rockville Center, New York, and it's St. Joe's Hospital at Beth Page. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Lynn O'Connor MD, LM O'Connor MD, and my office number is 631-350-6277, 631 I welcome all consults, calls. You can reach out to me any which way. And my uh, my uh, website is colon and rectal surgery of New York, all spelled out, colon and rectal surgery of New York. And there's a lot of information. There's many ways to reach me. And my social media handles are there too as well. Thank you so much for your time, guys. This has been a great episode. You've got to, got to, got to share this um, information with those that you love, your friends, your coworkers. Um, because this is a conversation that we're not having enough. And while we are talking about it now, because of a recent loss, um, let's not wait to experience another loss before we have another conversation like this. 
So um, we're home, right? Um, we need more. We need something to talk about. Let's talk about this because we really want everyone to stay healthy, live well, and let's work on getting on the side of prevention. If we can focus on prevention, um, get seen earlier, intervene earlier, um, you will hopefully have better outcomes and live a longer, happier, and healthier life. And that's our goal. And just like the goal of this show, guys, we talk about health, wellness, love, and lifestyle, and everything under the sun. Bring you all the tea with no copay. Um, it's been a treat having you um, join us today. Again, please make sure to sh- follow the show on your favorite podcast platform. You can visit youtube.com forward slash Ask Nurse Alice and watch the video interview. Like, share, subscribe. Send in, keep sending your emails, your comments. Let us know what you want to hear and what you want to talk about. Um, and believe me, you guys, we will do just that. So um, in the meantime, uh, wash your hands, wear your masks. Um, Be kind to one another. And until next time, live well, my friends. Bye now. This has been an Inclusive Media Podcast Studios production.